Hey, Peter Howard here on the Dynasty Crossroads Show. Don't let them know. Keep it quiet. But I've infiltrated the nerd base. Come check out the show. I'll tell you how to beat them. Thanks. Yeah. Chicken, chicken or crow, crow. Chicken or crow. Crossing hey, Peter Howard here from the Dynasty Crossroads Show. Do you find yourself thinking about nerds? Do you want to beat nerds all the time? Do you sometimes? I know. Whatever Dynasty Outhouse would say. Listen to the Dynasty Crossroads. I hope you beat the nerds. Let's go. Yeah. Chicken or crow, chicken or crow, crossing the... From DynastyBeatFootball.com and the DLF family of podcasts, it's me, it's me, it's that old SFD roaming the streets of Superflex City, and this is the Superflex Super Show! That's what you get when you get a guest back on here, when I'm not just in the studio all by myself, just kind of just shooting from the hip. Uh, it, you, my lovely listeners, my Superflex Super friends, um, deserved another voice. <laughs> you deserved to hear another voice after two straight weeks of just me just kind of ranting. So here we are back with uh, back back to the uh, the the dialogue uh, version of the Superflex Super Show. I've got a, a a guest making his first appearance, but a longtime friend of mine from the Dynasty Addicts Podcast Network. The Dynasty Junkies podcast in particular, uh, sometimes trade addicts as well. Um, the, the junior varsity, the B team, whatever we call it. Over there. Very, very hierarchical <laughs> at the, <laughs> the DAB network. Scott Sidlow, at Scott underscore Sidlow is here. Portfolio Dynasty. So, uh, Scott, I assume that means you subscribe to the uh, the Scott Connor uh, strategy. Yes, sir. Yeah. Yes, sir. Yeah. Man, one of many, many things that we're going to be able to talk about today. We, we don't even have necessarily an agenda, but just kind of, uh, we, we definitely have a list that we could uh, go back to if we need to. That's right. But Scott, yeah. thanks for coming on, man. It's uh, good to good to see you again. Good to talk with you again, and great to have you on for the first time. Yeah, I appreciate it, man. It's a show I've listened to since uh, I think almost the very beginning. Yeah. Um, you know, I remember a lot of iterations of the Superflex Super Show. So, <laughs> um, yeah, man, it's cool to be on. And uh, I mean, I know you've been on Junkies before. We've had like you versus Rocky in the quarterback debates. And, yeah. <laughs> um, so we've had some fun on podcasts before. So we can definitely do it again here. Um, you know, looking forward to just doing what I do and, and just talking more strategy and um, looking at overall situations. And then, you know, maybe we'll break down some teams and look at some actual scenarios that can help the listeners out, too. So, um, you know, it should be fun. Yeah. We've got a lot of good stuff to talk about. This time of year is tough to find things to talk about. But, hey, we, we've got some good stuff. So this this is going to be a good show. Yeah. Yeah, I I have not been uh been not I have not been struggling with that part of it. I I my bigger struggle has been actually talking about the stuff that I should be talking about. I I just kind of I tweet something 
somebody says something that pisses me off and then here I am on the podcast talking about it. like that's that's kind of been the 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 protocol <laughs> the last couple of weeks but uh yeah I I think today uh you know having you here to keep me in check I think that'll help a lot um you also came to the table with a very important topic for us to get to so we're gonna uh, talk about that as well my first question to you though is what league right now has the most is getting the most of your attention and it doesn't have to be a dynasty league like if you've got a playoff league that you're kind of uh a little bit more focused on because man there's like the strategy to that as well (laughs) so like there's there are just so many things that we could get to and i think that it's all super helpful to people yeah well first i'd start with my fantasy basketball league but no no um but actually (laughs) um no right now um so some of my leagues and this is, you know, you just kind of get to know your leagues over the years, right? So some of the leagues kind of go maybe a little bit dormant this time of year. Maybe more like home leagues are pretty quiet. It's not a lot going on. So those those leagues maybe fade into the background a little bit. Now, when you have, um, I'm, I'm actually down to uh, 44 leagues now because I had to leave a few, um, mostly because of how they 44. handled the uh, end of year uh, scenario there, which was a tough situation, I understand. But you can't just... Um, I don't know. I don't want to get into all that, but, but (laughs) I, I I ended up leaving a few leagues. So, uh, I'm down to 44 and you know, I'm right now I'm kind of focusing on, um, first for me as a portfolio player, I'm putting together a list of all my leagues to go, okay, what picks do I have? You know, how Hmm. many, how many one Oh twos, one Oh threes, one Oh fours do I have? How many one tens, one eleven, one twelves? Right. So I'm just kind of figuring out what picks I have. And then I'm looking at my roster ship overall. Um, During the season, you're making trades, you're doing a lot of stuff, you you may be paying attention to a little bit. But for me, there's so much going on that I need to get back to that too. So right now, I'm, I'm trying to figure out what picks I have. And if I have, you know, an overwhelming amount of, let's say 104s, let's say I have like 12 104s, um, then I would be trying to figure out like, okay, let me let me look at those leagues and let me see if I can move some of those. Maybe I'll move up. Maybe I'll move back. Uh, maybe I'll just trade them for players just so that I don't end up, you know, being in the same spot and ending up taking, you know, maybe seven of the same two players or something like that. Right. Yeah. So that's kind of like an overall thing that I'm looking at right now. And that will kind of dictate which leagues I'm jumping into to make moves. Um but then also sometimes it comes onto the league and there's not there's not much going on. Uh, so in that case, I'll look at the leagues that we have dispersals going on, or if we have new uh, managers joining, taking over orphans, those leagues are going to be somewhat active, right? Because you got you got fresh blood. So then you know I want to make sure I I talk to those guys, introduce myself, and and start uh, trying to talk some uh, talk some shop before everybody else gets in on it. You know? Yeah. Man, so like this, the portfolio approach, like you, you really do just kind of approach all of those, every league kind of the same. I mean, obviously you're kind of flowing, you're following the flow of the league itself, but you don't have that one roster that you're just like, oh man, this is the one that's just, this is unbeatable for, this is J Mike and Trade Addict 6. There's just nothing anyone can do about this. 
I'm in that league, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> I've fed him a lot of the players that put him in the position that he's in. He just he went undefeated. I had never seen that. He ran that's, the table. That's incredible. Uh, yeah, just unreal. <laughs> but, uh, you know, so, uh, but if I had a roster like that anywhere, uh, you know, I, I, I would really just kind of fixate on that one and be like, all right, so like, what can I do to this one to keep myself in that position? But it kind of sounds like the portfolio approach really comes into play, even in terms of draft picks. And you're just kind of just overall, like, you know, what picks do I have and you, you know, where can I start to leverage them? Yeah. Uh, yeah. hundred percent because you don't want to get stuck in a position where you're, you know, having to take, this, it happened to me a few years ago. That's you learn by doing it. Right. And I ended up with like 15 shares of Miles Sanders and, you know, I don't mm -hmm. want that to happen again. So I'm trying to get ahead of things a little bit. I started playing in a few more Debbie C2C leagues so I can get a better handle on the rookies. Um, and so now I can hopefully try to get ahead of the curve a little bit um, on some of those picks. But yeah, I mean, I think you're right that the, our good teams always seem to get more of our attention and, you know, rightfully so, um, you know, unless I guess you're working hard on like a productive struggle rebuild or something like that. But uh, I don't, I don't generally do too much waivers. So uh, not with that many leagues. Um, but yeah, I mean, our best teams, we should be looking for the edge early, you know, the earlier, the better too, right. To keep reloading and rebuilding. And um, I remember another lesson from early dynasty days was, you know, trading for guys and not realizing like maybe they were free agents or maybe they were cut candidates. Right. So I'm really paying attention to the NFL cycle right now to figure out real life stuff that could affect like, Oh, this player is pretty likely to get cut. Like maybe I should be moving him before he ends up in a scenario. That's not as good. Um, you know, typically running backs, but yeah. it, it could be any <laughs> position, I suppose. Yeah, there are probably a few wide receivers who are in that boat, but man, just immediately off the top of my head, I'm just Ezekiel Elliott and Leonard Fournette could be Zeke, completely Fournette, deleted <laughs> from my, yeah. Like there, there are some of these guys who it's like, yeah, they'll, you know, they could get cut and they could land somewhere else, but there's, there are a few of them that it's just like, man, if the, if their current team cuts them, I don't know who's picking them up. You know, and they just kind of, oh yeah, just kind of disappear into the abyss. So, that's definitely an important part of it, uh, as far as the rookie draft goes. So, you know, just kind of like way too early view of it. What I'm kind of, what I'm kind of seeing is some tears start to develop a little bit, and I think my guess is that this is probably going to stand. That we've got, you know, the top tier is three players. Uh, you know, the uh, Bijan Robinson and the two quarterbacks, Young and Stroud. And then four through like seven or eight, something like that. That kind of looks like it's headed for a tier. Um, and it it's we don't even know, you know, for sure which players are going to be in that tier at this point. But there are just so many candidates that it starts to feel like most likely scenario is some of these guys get good enough landing spots and draft capital that you start to say, all right, this, like, this is one of the players that you consider at one Oh four. 
Um, and then from there, it kind of depends on your approach. It depends on your roster construction. I ranted all last week about don't draft for value <laughs> uh, in yes. the rookie draft, <laughs> but some people still will, and that's fine. Um, just keep it away from me on Twitter. <laughs> but, but, but yeah, you know, you can, you can, you could take that approach. You could, you know, start filling voids. And I think that this draft is going to allow you to do that, whatever it is, whatever it is you're trying to do. I think there's an opportunity to kind of do that. So I, I guess my curiosity would be, do you, do you start to, um, kind of forecast those tiers a little bit before you start you know like it like you said you've got a ton of 104 well 104 kind of represents a decision among you know anywhere from three to ten players probably yeah um you know a, a, it could be a very small tier it could be a substantial tier but either way you're at the be very beginning of a of a tier and you know, so, so like moving back a little bit, you know, the, the value is, you know, you, you, the return is, is obviously desirable, you know, you're getting, you know, probably some more draft capital or maybe even a usable player in order to move back within that tier. But, you know, how much of the approach kind of starts to forecast that and starts to say, all right, so do I want to move back within the same tier or do I want to move back to a different tier? Do I want to move up maybe in some spots? How much of it, it kind of revolves around, um, you know, the, the still developing tiers of rookie players? Yeah, so I think what I've, I've seen over the years is there's always kind of somebody that comes out of nowhere, um, you know, whether it's, a quarterback that got crazy draft capital, like a Will Levis type, right? Like what if he goes like top 10, yep. right? Like he, he could be, he could be Seems that likely. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, and, you know, maybe Jameer Gibbs, maybe, maybe one of the receivers just blows everyone away and, and goes early. Right. And then all of a sudden that four becomes desirable. Like, I don't know that I necessarily want to wait for that to happen, um, because it might not. Right. <laughs> and, and then if I'm at that tier break and I'm stuck with the four, I'm kind of like, eh. and if, if that's kind of the consensus, I probably won't be able to do anything with it. So that's why if I have a whole bunch, I'll probably try to move up in this particular class, try to get one of those quarterbacks. So I'll, I'll, I'll kind of send some feelers out. And what I'll do is, is I'll just go to every league that has that pick and I'll, I'll offer it out to 102, 103 and, and see. So I'm not, maybe not necessarily targeting like a league. I'll be like, Oh, maybe in this league I should do it. Like, no, I, let's go get quarterback. So boom, I'm, I'm just going to send out a whole bunch of feelers and, and see what I can uh, pull off there. And then if not, maybe I just trade out completely. Maybe I just target a, a player that can help my roster. You know, I mean, especially if maybe it's a one of four that I traded for as opposed <laughs> to earned, um, you know, if my roster is a little bit better, maybe I have a playoff team and I, I happen to trade for that pick, uh, then I might even trade completely out and just go get a player that I want. Um, or I might try to push back to 24. I kind of like the 24 class um, personally. So depending on what my roster is, if I earned that 104 and my roster is not you know, likely to compete this year, even if I hit on whatever that pick is, 
uh i might try to get you know can i get like a a 23 second and a 24 first you mm-hmm. know i'm happy to do that too but the whole goal is to kind of diversify that right because it's a portfolio approach i want to you know if i just have two 104s you know maybe i'll try to move one up but if i have 10 i want to do a little bit of everything so that i don't like i said earlier i don't want to get stuck with you know locking into just one player or two players um and then if if that player doesn't work out you know that's that's 25 percent of my portfolio that's going to take a hit right so i want to make sure i diversify that and then if if it turns out there's like a justin herbert type which personally i loved in that draft class and i drafted him everywhere and i did everything i could to get him obviously i didn't think he'd be this good um so i'm i'm thrilled but like that was a huge win for me um you know, but again, I had diversified a little bit so that I could go and target him. And, and that way, if he did miss, it's okay, because I already capitalized on those, those other picks. So now if you're not in 44 leagues, I get it, you're probably <laughs> going, well, I'm in, I'm in three leagues, so I can't really do that. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I understand. But that's where you got to try to start figuring out uh, the tier breaks, and then making a decision what you want to do. And I think your point last week on the show was, uh, I think you're picking right up from what Scott Connor said uh, on Twitter, where he said, if you've got the 101, you know, why are you taking Bijan? Right. You should, you, you probably should be taking a quarterback. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and then that's what you were talking about last week. And I totally agree with that. So I would be trying to, to push up to get those quarterbacks. Um, ultimately, if you can't get into the top three, you know, without hurting your team, uh, giving up a lot of assets, then maybe you just kind of wait it out and see, you know, will Levis, Anthony Richardson, or one of those guys going to, you know, be available for you or, or really get the draft capital that makes you comfortable taking them. Um, but that's why you got to start doing the research now and trying to get ahead of your league. Um, not, you know, other guy, other managers probably will too, but if you're in a 12 team league, I can pretty much guarantee you that there's only a handful right now at most in, in average leagues that are looking at anything or listening to these podcasts or doing anything. They're going, Oh, you know, it's, it's January. I don't need to worry about that right now. So if you're taking advantage and getting ahead of it, that's going to put you in a better situation. And not only that, but they're, they're really kind of letting themselves off the hook from thinking about this stuff. Like that was part of the rant last week too. It was, you're right. You know, there's the, and, and you know, some of it is just based around some of those, those sayings you know oh i'm just gonna draft for value trade for need it's like oh but have you thought about what that means have you thought about what that's gonna do to your roster have you thought about where the value actually is that you're talking about drafting because it's not b john robinson if we're being honest and then from there it's kind of you know the the other thing that they love to do when you tell them oh you should you should not be draft drafting b john robinson onto a team that doesn't have quarterbacks. They just kind of just kind of walk by and just in and just say something about, oh, you know, I'm just going to trade back to 102 or I'm just going to draft Bijan Robinson and then I'll trade him for a quarterback later. I'm going to trade him for Trevor Lawrence later. Just they just kind of walk past you and fart that out. They just like crop dust <laughs> you with that. And it's just like you like that that didn't that didn't go through any type of process in your mind before it came out of your hole. Like that just none that was so yeah, it's, it's, 
absolutely maddening to me. And that's part, that's what I do like about the portfolio approach is, you know, kind of the way it, it forces you to recognize, you know, you know, the, the, the difference in value in, in various leagues, the difference in value based on, you know, your own roster construction, the people around you's roster constructions. Like there's so much more that goes into it than just kind of this nebulous concept of value. There's so much more that needs to go into that. And, you know, I think that you guys have really kind of um, embraced that, embraced, you know, the, uh, the, the pursuit of what does that look like and how does that change from league to league? So, you know, I think that part's really useful. I still, I still have a hard time not just going all in on <laughs> on a player that I love. I've always said, you know, get, uh, one of those, another one of those damn sayings, but it's one that I kind of use is get your guys, you yeah. know, <laughs> go all in on what you think, go all in on what you believe and go all in on your, your own best strategies. And, uh, you know, for, for instance, this past season for me, it was Saquon Barkley just wanted Saquon Barkley everywhere I could. And I was like, I'm, I'm not willing to diversify when it comes to this. Cause I think he's going to be <laughs> awesome. And I mean, I think that you guys probably came out on top more than I did because Saquon was good. He wasn't, he didn't have, you know, he didn't, he didn't reach his upside. So, uh, so based on, um, uh, you know, so 44 leagues, Let's say that again, we're just kind of picking on, you know, pick 104. Just kind of, um, that was your example. So I'm just yeah. running with it because cool. <laughs> you're my guest. It works. So, <laughs> so um, so, and, and let's say you've got 12 of them. Which, how do you decide which leagues you're going to move on from? Are you, you're going to move in one direction or another. It kind of doesn't matter which direction you decide to move, or maybe you're trading out altogether. It kind of doesn't matter what the action is, but how do you decide to take action? Um, which leagues is it, is it kind of, um, you know, which, which league has more needs than can be satisfied with 104 or is it, which leagues can I get the most in return for 104? Yeah. I mean, I, I think it's a little bit of ball of like, yeah. I can send out blind offers all day, but I mean, I still have to keep my roster in mind as well. Um, but I don't, I don't think you can go wrong moving up. So like I would, I would send all 12 of those one fours out to every one Oh two and one Oh three manager. Um, if I can move up at all, if I can move up in all 12 of them, I'll do it. <laughs> um, because every one of my rosters could use a quarterback, right? Like, I mean, that's, you know, know that's how I play pretty much. <laughs> uh, so I don't, I don't care if, if I end up moving up to get a quarterback. Um, but as far as is completely trading out or even moving back, you know, I'll probably trade. I'll probably be more likely to trade out if I have a, a team that's closer to contention um, or maybe, uh well here's an example i can give so i had a roster i ended up with uh the 103 two years ago and my team was really good it's just i think that was the year Dak got hurt and um barkley was hurt um 
there's a whole whole bunch of injuries that I had that really put me at that 103. It wasn't so much that my team was that bad. And then I drafted Chase with that pick. And then so once all my guys were healthy and I then I plugged them all into my lineup the next year. I mean, I was in the championship. So like you have to look at your lineup and go like, okay, is this, you know, do I have a chance here to to come back and compete? Um, then maybe I'd I'd trade out. Uh, I just got lucky in that league because I took chase and I didn't take chase in very many leagues because I was taking quarterbacks. Um, so that, that one just happened to work out, but not because my process. So my process was wrong, but it worked out anyway, only because the rest of my roster was really good. And I already had three, uh, I think I had like Dak and Herbert and Stafford. So, uh, I felt fine taking that, that risk. Um, so I think sometimes you have to look at the rosters that you have where you can take those risks, you can take those shots. Um, but otherwise, maybe you're somebody who is not super confident in the rookie class, or maybe you don't have a, a strategy or an approach to that, like having your favorite, you know, film or uh, model, you know, analyst that you follow. Um, then that's okay because then you can just go identify a player that can help your roster and, and trade out completely. Like there's, there's nothing wrong with that. Cause at the end of the day, we could be completely wrong in all of this. <laughs> the top two <laughs> quarterbacks could completely suck too. And it may not matter. Right. Oh um, it, it happens. I mean, Don't I'm not saying, say. but it happens. <laughs> I, so, I know. And it would you know, be, so... I mean, it could be uh what Jake locker and, uh what was that draft uh christian ponder and all that. and i mean we're going back pretty far now so i mean we've we've had pretty good success over the last several years but yeah i mean it, hap it happens so that's why yeah. for me i'm going to diversify a little bit but also like you have to know your own strengths and weaknesses i mean i feel pretty comfortable with understanding rookies and watching film and having my favorite analysts that i follow so you know, for me, that's okay. But if you're not that person, that's okay, too. Like, you have to understand that. And then maybe, maybe you trade out completely, just go get yourself a proven vet that's going to help you, or try to pick somebody that's going to add some value, like you did with Barkley last year, you know, you felt like he was going to increase in, in value. So you were going to go buy him, right? Mm -hmm. So there's nothing, there's nothing wrong with that either. I mean, it all comes down to your strengths and weaknesses, your roster build, and then your ultimate strategy on how you want to approach that. So there's, there's really not a wrong way to do it, but you should still be trying to get quarterbacks at the end of the day. <laughs> exactly. Thank you. <laughs> you're only saying that because you're on the super show. I think. No, not at all. Not when, not when we talk about our Tecmo Bowl rosters. But... Yeah, which, yeah, that segues right into this. This is something that, uh, that you wanted to talk about. Um, well, at first you wanted me to talk about it. And I was like, you know what? I think that you need to join me for this because we do have, you know, we've got some similar approaches. We also have some, some very different strategies. Yes. Um, and we ended up with some, uh, some uh, pretty, a couple pretty different rosters yes. <laughs> in this league. <laughs> yeah. Um, even though I, I think that we were kind of taking the same basic approach, kind of a QBX right. um, type approach. I, I don't know if you did that on purpose, but I know that you achieved it. So, yeah. Uh, and I mean, I, I took quarterback extreme. So here's the thing. 
this uh this league tecmo bowl ran by rocky petrella um from the dynasty addicts podcast network and the trade addicts podcast and uh i think he's still on junkies with you yeah. right yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah that's right so anyways yeah he started this league and i think that i you know and, and he filled it with some very good players scott connor's in there jay mike is in there um you know we've got a, a handful of others uh that you know it's 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 a very competitive league but i i will always feel like this league was uh was born out of rocky's desire to make me and quarterback extreme look bad like that was the entire goal he he built this league around me and around his him and i's on you know our ongoing uh debate about quarterbacks and superflex and so so uh, you know I, I, going into this thing i was like i mean i'm here to do quarterback extreme like that's right. why i was even brought into this league so i have to do it right and uh I, I had a bunch of people, first of all, I mean, J Mike traded up into the, for a second, first round pick. He took two quarterbacks in the first yeah. round. I think three um, teams did that. Justin and yeah. Scott, I think did too. So you had three that teams with right. top eight uh, picks or top 10 picks. Yeah. Or three teams with two of the top eight quarterbacks essentially is how that turned out. Yeah. And then we still had, I, you know, in most of the first round, I think most, if not all of the first round was quarterbacks. Yeah. So, you know, I, I mean, maybe it wasn't a concerted effort to, to try and push me off a of QBX. I think it was, <laughs> but hey, he's taking it personally. <laughs> we, we all have our own, our own truths. Uh, I, it, it did. It made it very difficult, but I was like, I mean, I can't not go quarterback extreme. First of all, I feel like it's this, it's, it, it's the only strategy that ever works for me personally. And, you know, I, I, I kind of regardless of the leagues of the league settings, like even in my redraft one quarterback leagues, I never feel good about my team unless quarterback is set and it turns into a self-fulfilling prophecy. So I know that I have to take quarterback seriously. Not everybody has to do that. Rocky obviously doesn't, but I do. So I knew I was going to, I had to do this, you know, for a variety of reasons. That's what works for me, but also that's why I'm here. That's what's expected of me. <laughs> so I did it and on brand. Come on. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I did not end up with a very good group of quarterbacks. I, like Initially. I started with Aaron Rodgers. A little bit later, I sniped Rocky on Kirk Cousins. <laughs> um, you know, as Ryan Tannehill, it was the Broncos combo of Drew Locke and Teddy Bridgewater. It just, it, it wasn't a, a particularly good group, but, you know, I still, I got to quarterback extreme, which gave me, at least a foundation uh, to start to build, um, you know, from uh, build towards the the superflex flywheel. But uh, like, what was what was your approach going in? What was your kind of your thought process? And what were the things that you were just like? Or, or I mean, maybe you just took a value based approach. 
or were no. you just like, this is, this is what this has to look like for me to feel okay about it? Well, so I, I agree with you when you said like, what's worked for me is having quarterbacks. Right. And I, mm-hmm. I, I play in a lot of leagues. So I think that I, I get, you know, it's like, when you talk about, oh, I, you know, when you get a lot of experience in a short period of time, right? Like your learning curve is shortened, right? So that's that's what they say. So if I'm in 44 leagues, I have all these leagues to look on and and they're not all the same settings. Okay. There's a lot of a lot of different settings, but I can tell you that I feel like Rocky is an outlier. Um with he's had great success with Mm-hmm. not focusing on quarterbacks and and it works for him so that's awesome that's great i mean that's what makes this game great right we all do it a different way um, he was but, i believe he was super competitive in year one i think he might yeah. maybe even made it to the championship I, I now think he he was pretty yeah made it pretty far year one year two not so much <laughs> and now um, he's down to like i don't even know who his starting quarterback would be today like he's hoping that desmond ritter holds the job yeah Right. And he hates Desmond Ritter. So I don't even understand why he has him. But um Beggars it, can't be choosers. I think right, exactly. Um I have seen more leagues won by a combination of great quarterbacks and not so much throughout the rest of the roster. I have seen that countless times and and it happens year after year after year. Um Whereas I rarely ever see a team that wins. And occasionally you'll hear that story like, oh man, I, a team won a championship and they didn't even have any starting quarterbacks in, in that week or whatever. You know what I mean? It happens. Yeah. It's fantasy football. Okay. So I'm not saying it doesn't. I'm just saying more often than not, it's you have two dominant quarterbacks or you have a, a group of quarterbacks that you can utilize. You're winning. That's more likely to win a championship. And so my approach has always been to get multiple quarterbacks. And in this league, I mean, my approach was really just I wanted to win because I'm in this league with with all of you guys like <laughs> that know what they're doing. And I'm like, yeah, but what if I could beat these, at, you know, these guys? So, you know, it's like, yeah. um, I mean, you I think can, I had the one. Say oh, I think I, <laughs> I think I had the one oh two. If it's on your heart, go ahead and say start. it. <laughs> so I think I think it's the one oh one or the one oh two. I forget, but I ended up with Josh Allen. So okay, cool, whatever. Um, but on that two three turn, uh, I took Jalen Hurts before like before it was cool to take Jalen Hurts, and so that was at a time you know, it was it was a reach. But I just felt like the upside and and the rest of the pieces that I could accumulate at that point, um, especially with so many quarterbacks going so early, I felt like, well, at this point, he's like the quarterback 18 off the board. So it's not really that that crazy. It just happens to be really early because so many quarterbacks went. So I just kind of was going for a little bit of value, but a little bit of upside as well. Um so, I mean, that that was my overall approach. But no matter what, I'm almost always going to walk out of a startup with a lot of quarterbacks. And and they're not all necessarily going to be starters. They could be bridge guys. They could be high-end backups, whatever they're going to be. But I want to give myself options, and I want to be able to, you know, when Rocky uh, is down to one quarterback, <laughs> you know, by week eight, you know, sell him somebody, and then I could bolster my roster that way. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So, I mean, that's kind of how I went into it. 
So, and I mean, you know, because a lot of people really would have kind of stopped at Josh Allen and Jalen Hurts, especially when they know, you know, once they found out what they had exactly. Um, But I mean, like looking at this, first of all, you've got just a ton of quarterbacks. (laughs) Like uh, even even, like if we were, if we're just going to call every, every, like every person in the NFL, who gets to put NFL quarterback on their business card on their resume. Cause I don't call them. I don't always call them quarterbacks. Like I don't call court Colt McCoy a quarterback, you know, right. it's right. very offensive. I'm glad that he doesn't actually <laughs> listen to this podcast um, because he could throw something at my face very hard. Yeah, it would probably he, hurt. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Even though he's not a quarterback, he could still <laughs> do some damage. Uh, but you know, even like take, like if we, if we count all those guys, I mean, you just have, I, I'm not even going to sit here and count cause it's horrible radio, but like if it, it's a lot, it's like double, you got like double digit guys here, but even when you take away yeah. the non quarterback quarterbacks like Colt right. McCoy and Nick Mullins, you're still looking at, you know, Allen and Hertz, Mac Jones, uh, Kenny Pickett, Brock Purdy, Sam Howell. Like those are all NFL starters next year. And then, uh, you know, Mac Jones has a little bit of a question mark, at least in my mind, he should, because he, Bailey Zappi's a better player. Well, I you've got Bailey Zappi too. Oh. So, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like you've really kind of captured, yeah, you've captured the New England Patriots quarterback situation either way. So, like, that's, that's a lot of, a lot of uh, firepower and a lot of these guys, I mean, some of these guys were uh, 2022 rookies. There's also just kind of, I mean, a lot of these guys came off of waivers. Uh, Jared Stidham, by the way, has an outside chance to be the starter in Vegas yeah. if they can't find anybody else. True, so, true. Which would get you up to what seven? <laughs> yeah, like I mean, hey, Mar- Mariota will probably find some sucker to give him a you know three four games somewhere. Yeah, <laughs> yeah very possible. <laughs> um, and and I'm still calling Brock Purdy a starter because I think he should be the starter in San Francisco, uh, and I think I kind of think that he will be, in fact. But anyways. Like, are you just beating us to waivers on a lot of these guys? Are you drafting them and then just uh, just kind of getting it right? How and uh, no, you know, I think I, I think I drafted pretty uh, Pickett, Zappy, and how I'm pretty sure I drafted those three. I mean, I definitely picked up you know Stidham and Purdy yeah. and guys like that. I wasn't dra- you know I wasn't drafting those guys, but um. Yeah, I mean, well, I, you know, like I said earlier, I don't, I don't typically work waivers too hard, but there may be some leagues where I pay a little more attention than others. <laughs> <laughs> this, this could be one of them, uh, maybe. But um, no, I think what happened was at this time, you have to go back now, what, almost two years, right? Or almost, I guess, two seasons. Um, I mean, Jalen Hurts wasn't Jalen Hurts. So I had question marks about him. And it was really just like, okay, I mean, yeah, I have Josh Allen. Like, that's fine. He's my anchor. But then, like, I don't know what's going to happen with Hurts. I'm not super confident in that situation. 
Mac Jones, you know, I don't know. He's kind of like maybe safe, but like, I don't really want him to be a starter necessarily. Just like, let's see what happens. So then I just started grabbing guys to just be like, well, Case Keenum is backing up Allen. So I'll just grab him. And then like, well, Mariota, there's a good chance he gets a starting job next year, you know, so I'll grab him. Um, so, I mean, I was just, it's not like, uh, I mean, yeah, it's a lot of luck. Yeah. It's a lot of luck. You're right. It's just, you know, yeah, I'm going to pick up these guys and and we'll see what happens. I mean, Colt McCoy ended up getting a couple starts, but he shouldn't have, it was just based on injury. Right. And he didn't really do anything. It's not like I started him when he, he started. So I'm, he really probably shouldn't even be on my roster. Um, it's just that my, the rest of my roster is the issue. <laughs> and so because I couldn't find the pieces I wanted, I figured let's make the strength. Let's strengthen the strength. And then hopefully I can trade from my strength to strengthen the rest of my roster. Right. So that's kind of why I, you know, number one, I had some questions. Number two, I just felt like, okay, if I can make this strong, I know there are, three teams that have two top quarterbacks, but that means there's a lot of other teams that don't have any top quarterbacks. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, like they're going to have maybe two mid, you know, two QB twos or uh, worse possibly. Uh, And so in that case, I felt like there might be some opportunity for me to move off of these guys. But then, Mm -hmm. then that's where like my question for you, I don't know if you want to get into this yet, but my question to you as the QBX guru, right? is do you go okay well hurts hit so now i have two studs so do i just start like divesting of these guys and just going like hey like just get whatever you can for purdy and mac jones and whatever or are you saying maybe i'll take allen or hurts and like tear down uh you know go to like a kirk cousins and and like a t higgins or something you know i don't know kirk cousins t higgins for Hurts, something like that um, just as an example, like a starter, basically, can I get another starter? I can plug into my wide receiver room and still have a quarterback on the roster. Right. So what, you know, what approach do you then take to say, okay, yeah, it's great. I have all these quarterbacks, but mm, I have some yeah. aging running backs. My wide receivers are not deep. Um, I don't have a tight end and it's like a 7.0 tight end premium. So uh, it's, it's 2.0, but just. Rocky always makes it like the max extreme. So, um, you know, like I love Cole Komet, but you know, he's not, he's not there yet. So, uh, you know, like, is is that what you would typically be doing with a roster like this to say like, Hey, I have a great, maybe one of the better quarterback rooms in the league, but the rest of my roster is pretty (laughs) lacking. So should I be trading from that strength? Like that seems like the common sense, doesn't it? Like, Right. right. Shouldn't I? Uh, yeah, I, I think so. Uh, so it's, it's a little tough because so Josh Allen has moved up into the top tier for me. I finally moved him up this season. I've just seen enough consistency from him at this point to say him and Pat Mahomes are like, those are the, the set it and forget it guys at quarterback. One time we can use that phrase. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I don't, I don't like to rubber stamp anyone else. Jalen hurts had a great season, but he's susceptible to a bad matchup, Sure, you know? And, and I think that we're actually going to see even more of that in 2023 and beyond. It's like 2022, he kind of snuck up on, 
on people a little bit, but yeah, I don't think that's going to. Well, so is that a sell high opportunity? I mean, to I me think it so. Is. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I think yeah. so. But yeah, that's, that's generally my favorite move. I mean, I, like I, I really like anchoring the roster with either Josh Allen or Pat Mahomes, if you can do it. Uh, obviously only, you know, one or two teams in a given league is going to be able sure, to, sure. to do that. But I don't know that you tear down from those guys because they just kind of change the math on what you need, you know? Yeah. Um, okay. But, uh, but yeah, to me, my, my favorite move is to, to send a guy like Hertz. Um, but I think that there's something like there's in, and, you know, you, you mentioned luck, like it's, it's luck that some of these guys hit for you. You drafted, you know, Sam Howell and he became a starter, um, which, you know, it seems a little unexpected considering how yeah. late he was drafted. Uh, and the fact that they seem to have two quarterbacks, two very boring quarterbacks, but two quarterbacks nonetheless that they thought were better game managers for them. So he had to fight through two layers to get a starting role. And yeah, now that's pretty unlikely to happen yeah. consistently anyway. Yeah. Right. Right. So there's definitely some luck there, but I think though that there's some strategy just in, in the fact that you went through buying all these lotto tickets, you know um, it, it's a hard thing. It, you know, it's it for, for two guys who just, or who are, are kind of used to doing it and who, you know, see the value in it. It's it it would be pretty easy for you and I to just forget that most people have a hard time just mashing the gas at quarterback and continuing to bring in more guys who have a shot. Once you've got Josh Allen and Jalen Hurts, a lot of people are gonna are gonna feel like, oh, I'm set at quarterback. I don't need to continue to address that position. And you know, I I I just it's it, it's such a hard thing to do to get yourself to continue to, especially when you look at your group of, of running backs. To me, that's the, the next yeah. issue. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, Dalvin Brutal. Cook is, is great, but old and, yeah, he's toast. you know, kind of beyond that, it's, it's looking like it's going to be a little rough. Oh, um, yeah. Yeah. But I mean, there's we know that there are a lot of ways to fix running back. We know there are a lot of ways to address running back, at least, if not completely. That's always going to be my weak spot on my roster because I, I can go get one. But yeah. I just I want to jump back to what you're saying really quick, because sure. I took Kenny Pickett in the rookie draft. And you're looking at the rest of my roster, and you're like, "Why did you take Kenny Pickett? <laughs> right? <laughs> you could have right. taken any one of those rookie receivers. Like, I mean, not any one of them, because I didn't have like, I, I think it was, I don't know, 106 or something like that, 107. I don't remember what the pick was, um, but it was like mid first. It wasn't like 103. You know, I didn't have like my pick of the receivers. But so it, so do you think that that was a crazy move to take Pickett when I have these glaring holes in, in the roster to go, well, you could have, I, I don't know who was left. If like Jameson Williams, he may not have helped me obviously because he didn't play the season, but I don't remember which receivers were left at that point. I think it might've been Williams and maybe Olave. Um, I don't know. I, I could look it up here, but is it crazy to go, well, you already have Allen Hurts and Mac jones and you're gonna take kenny pickett too like why what's the point right like, I know. aren't you just kind of wasting a season or you know 
I mean, right. I tried to it's... trade a couple players, so it's not like I wasn't doing nothing and just sitting <laughs> on these guys all year, by the way. Um, but you know what I mean? I'm just saying from your perspective, is that nuts to, to say, why would you take Kenny Pickett when you have all these quarterbacks already? No, I don't think it's nuts at all. And and again, I mean, I think this is one of those things that people just kind of throw it in cruise control and just kind of coast through without really thinking about the ramifications. But, you know, by taking Kenny Pickett, you know, rather than um, addressing a position that, you know, could definitely use a little bit of help. I, I think we only start, is, isn't it like trade addicts scoring where we only we only have to start one wide receiver anyways. So it doesn't, you know, it doesn't make a huge difference, but uh, two, two minimum, two minimum. Okay. Yeah. Two. So, so you do need a yep. little bit more depth, but, um, but I mean, like part of the difference is I look at this roster, I see, you know, Keenan Allen, uh, Rashad Bateman and Paris Campbell. And I'm just like, that's good enough to compete, you know? If everything else is is straight, then that's a a winning group of wide receivers. In my personal opinion, um, you can also find some more wide receiver. I mean, you found Isaiah Hodgins, and yeah. he was great for you late in the season. So yeah, fifteen shares of Hodgins that was huge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's he was awesome the second he stepped foot on the the Giants facility. But you know, so so you know, a lot of people just kind of see a, a need on their roster. And this is the, I, you're kind of making me contradict myself a little bit, the whole draft for value trade for needs thing. Like you <laughs> should be, you definitely want to, you know, look at, uh, at where are my needs and what can this rookie class do for it? But the answer is almost never wide receivers. First of all, you'll yeah. almost never catch me drafting a rookie wide receiver. Yeah. I'll get them later, you know, when they're closer to ready to help helping. You me. can always get one. You yeah, can always get one. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And there again, there's so many different ways to find wide receivers. You don't have to do it early in your rookie draft. Um, but you know the 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 value piece of it does come into play a little bit, even though quarterback wasn't a need. What it you know, the, the, just thinking about the quarterback value that you get. And it's not just Kenny Pickett alone. It's not just thinking, oh, you know, if I take Kenny Pickett, then I can flip him for whatever. What Kenny Pickett actually did for you is, you know, him and among others made Jalen Hurts all of a sudden tradable, where a lot of rosters wouldn't be able to do that. Like, so I, my roster, now, I, you know, I've kind of retooled it. Now I've got yeah. a good two quarterback combo with Joe Burrow and Dak Prescott. Dak Prescott should be right in that same, that same range, that same bucket as yeah. Jalen Hurts, but I yes. can't afford to trade him away. <laughs> like because I have to have, have this right now. Yeah, 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 exactly. So, you know, bringing in Kenny Pickett all of a sudden kind of unlocked Jalen Hurts as a trade chip. So that's my, that's what I love about that move. And like I said, just kind of the continuate, like even after you drafted, drafted Kenny Pickett, you went and drafted Sam Howell and Bailey Zappi as well. And just like kept going with the quarterbacks. And it's like, you know, you, yeah, there's some luck involved, but you can't get lucky if you don't play, you know, <laughs> you can't yeah. win the lotto if you don't buy a ticket. 
right essentially right. so like it so that's kind of kind of what you're doing here and and i'm you know i i hate to keep turning this back into me asking you questions when you're trying oh, to ask good. me questions but no, this is good this is good but i wonder if there's some words of wisdom that you can give to people i mean you know i've i've put it in my own words as far as the the value of quarterbacks and uh you know the the long-term stability of quarterbacks and you know value I've, insulation. I've kind of a, yeah yeah exactly but you know kind of what what keeps you hammering the quarterback position even when you're you know to most to most people's eyes you're more than set yeah so i mean i'll i'll just use this as the example since this is what we're doing so i just looked at the the rookie draft and four of the first five picks were to one team so you basically took Brees hall and like london and uh garrett wilson and um kenneth walker went to okay so my choice came down to kenny pickett chris olave and jameson williams uh I like the receivers. I like them just fine. Jameson Williams probably wouldn't have helped me, which is what we're thinking at this point in the rookie draft. And in hindsight, that's that was true. Um, a lot of people would say, well, if you had taken Chris Olave, you would have had another starter um, in your lineup. Now, Bateman got hurt. I know Bateman was going to get hurt. So, um, <laughs> but okay, Kenny Pickett sat on my bench while well, I could have had Olave in my lineup, right? So, doesn't that make more sense? Would I have won the league? No. I wouldn't have. I don't think I'd be any in any different position. Maybe I'd have one or two spots, you know, worse of a pick at this point. Um, but to me, I look at it and I go. Receivers, like exactly what you said, receivers, I, I can find one. I could trade for one. Uh, I can pick up Isaiah Hodgins off waivers. And you know, that doesn't happen all the time, but that that worked out. Um, whereas I go, Kenny Pickett is. I don't care about you know his small hands and he's old and all that. Like I'm not a quarterback evaluator, okay. So I'm I, all I know is that uh, an organization like the Pittsburgh Steelers thought enough of him to use their first round pick on him, and also the fact that I'm a Bears fan. I know what Mitch Trubisky is, so I knew he was no obstacle um, whatsoever. So I mean, maybe this particular situation worked out, but I just felt like. There's almost no scenario in where basically two things are going to happen with Kenny Pickett and with most first round quarterbacks or young quarterbacks is that either the starter is going to come in and they're going to be good and start the whole season. And a year from now, we're going to go, well, this guy was still a first round pick. His value probably didn't drop a whole lot, you know, or the starter is going to be Mitch Trubisky and he's going to suck like he always has. And then Pickett's going to come in and play, but then you're going to be like, well, I didn't really have a full season and what's going to happen with the full off season. And they're going to fix the line and whatever. So what I'm getting at is value insulation. Mm -hmm. So I just felt like it's almost like the safe pick. If you think about it, it's, it's kind of like, I mean, I don't want to say like, I mean, it's kind of the safe pick in my yeah. opinion. I just feel like, well, I mean, Pickett, what's going to happen over the next year? He's not going to really lose any value. Like, he could gain value. Like, what if he comes in and he's great? And, okay. Um, but that's, like, one of the scenarios that happens. Either he doesn't lose value or he gains value. Like, how do you lose there? Yeah. Right? So then you you all, you have a piece that over the next year 
you can figure out what to do with. Or in this case, like you said, it it unlocks Jalen Hurts um, to be able to be moved, right? Yeah. So I just feel like that value insulation is something that I have seen year after year after year, even with a, you know, there's some guys like Daniel Jones, maybe a little bit kind of dipped and then he came back now, obviously, but it's like what year four, um, you know, there's, there's always going to be some examples you can come up with that didn't quite work out. Um, but if you're, if you're in a league that's active enough and you're planning on making moves, you know, which is the whole point, uh, there's no reason you shouldn't take that quarterback. Right. Because it's just going to give you a piece to move and, and more likely than not, I mean, and I almost made a trade with Pickett at one point, um, you know, which it might still come together. I mean, this was, you know, recently. So, you know, we'll see if I end up moving him or, um, or Mac or end up trading off Hertz. Um, but I just think it gives roster flexibility. There's always going to be a need for quarterbacks. Like if somebody's receiver goes down, they're not going to go, oh, oh, man, I better go trade for a receiver. <laughs> right. But if you're Rocky and you have two quarterbacks and one quarterback goes down, guess what he's going to do? He's going to yep. go trade for quarterback, yep. right? So if if you look at the mentality of the other managers in your league, more likely than not, they're going to have to go get a quarterback or they're going to want to go get a quarterback, whereas that may not be the case for the other positions. So I think it gives you value insulation and roster flexibility. and I mean, you can't beat that long term in in the dynasty portfolio world. Yeah, the people hate the word safe. <laughs> no, I like, know, and that's it, why which... I hate to say that. But it it it's like it's occurring to me as I'm saying it. I'm thinking like, wait, it actually is kind of it a is. safe pick. It is. It, it's yeah. always it's always safe to go with the quarterback. I mean, quite honestly, in the startup draft, if you you know, if, if quarterback just kept falling, if nobody wanted to approach quarterback, the safe thing to do, and this is why value-based drafting does work in a startup, even though it doesn't, it doesn't really apply to the rookie draft. But, you know, if, if, if nobody was going to address quarterback, the safe thing to do, the most valuable roster build would be just all quarterbacks, <laughs> like just right. completely corner the market. You know, and then you can, uh, you get to set the price, you get to set the market and, you know, you get to trade them for whatever you want. And usually it's going to be more than, uh, than what you drafted that quarterback for, yeah. you know? So, so like, like, yeah, people hate the word safe. Uh, like it, it's some like testosterone count thing, I guess, like the masculine <laughs> urge to just be completely right. I didn't even feel good saying it. <laughs> <laughs> but a lot of times, especially in dynasty, I mean, we should be looking for, you know, for, for some safety and some stability in a lot of spots because it's not always available to us. And so we should really kind of be trying yeah. to embrace it where we can. And quarterback is just the, the absolute best position to do that in terms of both value and production. So, but the other thing that, that people have a tough time with, and I'm wondering if there's a way for us to kind of uh, change people's thinking on this a little bit, but I went through and counted between uh, active roster and uh, taxi squad. You've got 12, 12 guys who 
who on Wednesdays put on a red jersey. <laughs> Again, I don't consider all of them quarterbacks, but they do. <laughs> yes, so, that, yes, the team yeah. does, or themselves at least. Yeah. That's what they put on their tax returns under <laughs> occupation, NFL quarterback. Um, <laughs> even though you haven't thrown a football in uh, in front of a camera in Nick you know Mullins. years, <laughs> yeah, Nick Mullins. <laughs> but, <laughs> um, but I mean, you know, twelve of them, and you know, a lot of people have a tough time devoting that much roster space. Now these are deep rosters, so. It, it changes things a little, but that still is a lot more uh, quarterback depth than a lot of people would be willing to carry. And they talk about how, you know, the points are wasted on my bench. Um, they're just taking up roster space that could be used on, you know, players that can actually get into my lineup, um, which, you know what, that in that in this case, it's absolutely true that Brock Purdy was unlikely to make it into your lineup at any point, it still was the right move to go get him when he became available. But it's one that people would, that most people would have a pretty hard time doing, you know, they would have a hard time staying that aggressive about adding quarterbacks to a roster that already has, you know, you had 11 and you went and got Brock Purdy. (laughs) So I (laughs) guess Do you have any, again, we're just kind of looking for words of wisdom. Like, like I said, let's, is there a way to kind of change people's thinking on, you know, adding a 12th quarterback when you don't, you know, you're not even planning on starting that guy. Yeah. I mean, so I think let's, let's look at it this way. We talk about, um, uh, you know, I forget the, the phrase Scott Connor uses for running backs, but it's like, anyone on a 32 basically right anyone anyone who's a running back right because we know what their path is and we know that generally if if the path gets there they should give us production right so i can pick up any wide receiver five or six or seven in this case we get this late into the year we have we have the roster sizes are average 30 30 active and four taxi but it's the fact that we have so many ir spots so I have seven guys on IR. So I have 41 players on my roster, right? So that we start going pretty deep into the roster pool. So if I pick up a wide receiver seven, just because my wide receiver, you know, group is not great. What are the chances that that guy becomes relevant in any way that I'd ever start him? Yeah. Right. And so we would say, well, I'd take the running back over the receiver. Right. So. I kind of just apply that to quarterbacks. Like I look at it and I go, well, you know, Trey Lance is out. So what if Jimmy G goes down? Well, it would be Brock Purdy. Um, Same thing with Las Vegas. Well, Derek Carr, if if Derek Carr got hurt, who would it be? It'd be Jarrett Stidham. I mean, this is a league that's kind of a microcosm of my portfolio. Like you say, oh, wow, you, you got, you know, Purdy and Stidham. Well, I think I have like a dozen shares of each of those guys spread out throughout the uh my rosters because it was the same approach it's like i'm looking through waivers i just put another guy on ir i have a roster spot what am i going to spend it on well again wide receiver seven you know tight end three eh, you know i don't know you know why yeah it's a dart throw i don't know maybe the guy scores a touch and he's not going to be in my starting lineup anyway so what what do i care 
Um, so maybe, maybe I should be grabbing right. I should be grabbing running backs with this <laughs> roster. Um, but my, my general approach is to say, well, if the, the quarterback becomes a starter, all of a sudden, we don't know what this guy's capable of. Like in some, in some cases we do know. And so maybe it might be pointless to have Colt McCoy, but Brock Purdy, Jarrett Stidham, we didn't know necessarily what those guys were capable of. So if all of a sudden they got the chance to start, all it would take is one play. And then those guys are now starters. And now could I get anything for them? Even if I trade them for a third round pick, I just took a waiver wire ad to a third round pick. And most people would say, okay, I get it. You got a third. Congratulations. Well, if I do that in 15 leagues, I'm really going to start increasing the value of my portfolio. So I think just because I'm looking at it from a from that perspective, there's no reason that if you're in two or three or four leagues that you can't do the same thing. I mean, each one of those picks adds up, you know, and then what if you can turn, you know, what if you got a third for Stidham and then you were able to trade, you know, Purdy in the third for a second. Right. And then now all of a sudden you you have another second that you get to add on a on a player or use to move up maybe you got the 104 and you added that second and you got to the 103 and you got yourself a quarterback i mean those things can just snowball like that right uh mm-hmm. it's not going to happen in every league but the more assets you have the more liquidity that you have in your roster it's just gonna it's it's gonna give you options to go either way it's gonna give you more options to to do different things so what's the path, what's the easiest path to get there? Well, to me, it's just, it's grabbing those quarterbacks that would be kind of next man up. You know, it doesn't always work out. Um, I had plenty of Taylor <laughs> Heineke last year. I didn't really get anything for him, uh, you know, but he wasn't, he wasn't doing what Brock Purdy's doing right now. Right. So, um, you know, I think, I think it's just as likely that you pick up one of those guys as, you know, like, a you know, Travis Homer or something. Right. And and who's going to have more value if they're the starter? You know, what, what are you going to get for Travis Homer? Or what are you going to get for Brock Purdy? Right. Mm-hmm. So I just kind of look at it as a, a value gain. Um, and I, I mean, at the end of the day, that's what I'm looking to do with with my approach. But I don't see how that that can still work for anybody in one or two or three or four leagues. I mean, adding value to your roster and adding um, roster flexibility is always going to be an advantage. Yeah, man, that's really just kind of like the, the bow on top of this whole, this whole conversation, you know, (laughs) like that just kind of, that's uh, you know, you just kind of verbalized what this podcast is all about quite honestly. So I couldn't possibly ask for more than that from a guest. So, uh, man, Scott, I like I could I could keep talking with you about this stuff forever. Um, I feel like I should, uh, as a good podcast host um, that I strive to be, I should really take advantage of the fact that my guests just kind of perfectly wrapped up the show and uh, wrap up the show. <laughs> so. Let's go ahead and do that. Ask Scott underscore Sidlow. He's on the Dynasty Junkies podcast. Sometimes he even appears on the Trade Addicts podcast. But just it, just subscribe to that DAP network, and uh, you're gonna you're gonna hear from Scott. You're gonna hear from Outhouse and Rocky and and Andrew and the whole gang. So, uh, yeah, good, uh, good, great, great resource. Great group of dudes. 
I love busting Rocky's chops, but man, like he's <laughs> he's one of the most solid dudes in this industry as well. But yeah, absolutely. You, you Scott have been uh just one of my one of my favorites. We don't interact nearly enough. Um, but it's always a pleasure when we get to uh you're just here. You have um some uh some very specific strategies that I think more people should uh should be should should be paying attention to because it's like it's it's super easy when we're doing um you know dynasty analysis to just kind of just kind of roll with with what the market quote unquote market is doing it's it's a little unpopular it's a little bit of a 10th dentist type of thing to actually have a set strategy it's a weird time in history <laughs> um, <laughs> no kidding <laughs> to to think that we're that we're lame and and wrong for uh for thinking about things but um getting too old to care at this point <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly and you know i can't I can't hear you because i'm too busy counting my stacks of cash from winning all those leagues <laughs> exactly exactly <laughs> scott i appreciate your time though man it's a lot of fun and we'll have to do it again for sure thank you so much man it's it's uh it's my pleasure it's been uh my honor to come on this show man it's long time listener and uh thank you so much man you've taught me a lot about super flex and getting here to this point so thank you too man appreciate oh. you Man, that I, I really appreciate that. Mutual admiration society here on the Superflex Super Show with me and Scott Sidlow at Scott underscore Sidlow. Let's wrap it up for the week. As we do that, subscribe to the podcast if you haven't already. Subscribe to the DLF Family Podcast Mega Feed. Do me a huge favor and rate and review the show. We've uh this is this is honestly, you know, essentially how uh how this even came to be with Scott coming on the show. I you know I I, I put it out there and said, Hey, I, you know, I need to know what you're thinking about right now. You know, I need to know what you're dealing with in your leagues. And Scott came to me and said, here's something I'm dealing with. I have every quarterback in an entire league that you're in. And I don't know what to do with my hands. <laughs> so, so it, and it turned into a, what I think is a very useful episode. So, if you go to wherever you're listening to podcasts, give us a give us a rating. Doesn't have to be five stars. I, I love five star ratings, but if you if that's not what you're feeling, uh, give me give Maybe me whatever you think time, I deserve. It's, it's worthy of five. I think so. I think so. But <laughs> I don't want to grovel. So uh, yeah, five stars if you're if you're up for it. But. Uh, yeah, whatever you think I deserve, I'll take it. But those reviews as well, that helps me to, all that stuff helps me to get out to more people, involve more people in the conversation, and then we can really dial in on those topics that are the most useful to you, my super friends. Gonna get at me on Twitter, at SuperFlexDude. Uh, you can hit up the show too at Superflex Show. I check that maybe once a month at this point, though. Seriously, just come to me at Superflex Dude. This episode was dedicated in loving memory to James the Brain Catulus. Thank you to DLF for the platform. Thank you to Heart and Soul Radio for the music. And above all else, thank you for listening. And until next week, stay sexy and super flexy. Yeah, now I'm